What is up, everybody? Matt Perino, NYUpSyracuse.com, coming to you from inside the Buffalo Bills practice facility in the media room here, uh, two days out now, from Bills versus Patriots, the showdown for the division. That's not really for the division because the Bills have to win on Saturday and need some help next week, a win and a, and a Patriots loss to the Dolphins. I'm joined by John Scott from Spectrum Sports. He is their Bills beat reporter. So this weekend, this game, it, it's a big one in, in a lot of different ways. Obviously, we could talk about the team stuff, but one centralized point is I, I talked to you about it earlier today as I was reading something you know, from, that came out of New England uh, from one of the writers there. Uh, I thought it was a really good story about how the Bills are n- nipping at the heels of the Patriots and their dynasty. And one line in, in particular really stood out to me, and I think that that's what I want to start on and focus on. Um, and that's that the only thing, the only question mark about where the Bills are as a franchise is a quarterback. And, you know, the writer, a uh, really good writer, Andrew Callahan uh, from the Boston Globe, uh, excuse me, from the Boston Herald, um, he mentioned that he used the comparison to Mark Sanchez and, and the Jets earlier in the decade when, um, you know, the Jets had a really good team, a really good defense, and it was Mark Sanchez ultimately that, Maybe they, they misevaluated quite a bit. Now we sit here with Josh, and you know we could talk about all of the progression that he's made, but I start, want to start on that simple point. With two games left this, this season and then into the playoffs, is Josh Allen going to be a detriment to this team winning and advancing in the playoffs? I don't think he's going to be a detriment. I have, however, been saying since frankly, before training camp started, maybe all the way back to OTAs, this year's team will go as far as Josh Allen takes them. I have felt that way throughout, and by and large, I think that has been playing out. We saw the first New England game. The defense played really well. They were in that game. Ultimately, Josh got hurt, but the offense was struggling, and Josh had his worst game. In Philadelphia, against Philadelphia, I should say, they didn't play that well offensively, and he didn't have a great game. Against the Ravens, he struggled until later in the game. That doesn't mean that losses and or wins are all pinned on Josh Allen and that there are not other areas, especially offensively, that they can improve upon beyond this season. But the quarterback is the most important position, and Josh's development appears to be a more flat incline, if that makes sense, instead of the rocket ship trajectory that we've seen out of guys like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson to some extent, even though he's just more of a playmaker. His quarterbacking skills, I think people could easily say Josh Allen is just as good, if not better. So I don't disagree with the thought of the Bills' defense is Super Bowl caliber and their offense is playoff caliber and the difference between bringing the offense up to where the defense is is stellar quarterback play but I don't I would never say that Josh Allen is a detriment I think Josh Allen makes plays for this offense that maybe don't show up on a stat sheet that an outsider like a guy from the Boston Herald or any other national media outlet that hasn't had the opportunity to watch this Tim weekend and week out like we have I think if you just purely look at his statistics you don't see the plays individually that he makes that even sometimes aren't even going to show up on a stat sheet that help this offense 
be better than maybe what they always are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think to, to piggyback off of that, one of the things that I don't think people outside of the market realize, too, is the impact that he has in the locker room. And there's a lot to be said for that because at the end of the day, you could tell a guy like John Feliciano or a guy like Cole Beasley who has a belief or feeds off of Josh Allen, the leader, probably elevates their level of play. How many guys on this offense are playing above their talent level because of the influencer Josh Allen or because they kind of, to use a cliche, want to run through a wall for the guy? Um, Also, he's a dynamic player in the sense that no matter who you play, no matter what defensive coordinator you go up against, no matter what kind of defensive scheme you go against, you have to plan for both areas. And I think where things kind of went off course for him in the first game, and he spoke about it this week, is he wanted to um, make all the plays, and he didn't have enough trust in everybody around him. I thought that the Pittsburgh game was a great precursor to this one for him personally because he really had to go in and almost have a dress rehearsal for how he has to play against the Patriots. Don't take any chances. Don't put the ball in harm's way. I mean, that one throw where he threw off balance across his body, that one interception against the Patriots, that's the one that we've seen over the last two years um, consistently that we haven't really seen in this now um, nine, ten game run, ten game run, fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions. That that sample size is large enough and good enough to where. I agree. I don't think that he's a detriment. I think that this team feeds off him. And it's funny, when immediately after the Patriots game, obviously he got knocked out of that game. So the story was, how is he going to learn from that experience in regards to his running? It looks like, and Josh has admitted, the biggest learning curve he's hit from that game is really prioritizing taking care of the football and not trying to do everything. And again, you're right. He had three picks in that game, a career high, and he's had three interceptions in 10 games since. And they've played some really, really good defenses. And just because he throws for 150 yards, I I think you can't focus as much on what he didn't do in regards to passing production. I think we need to focus more so on what he didn't do in regards of turning the football over. Because... With a defense like this, that is what is almost as important as driving the ball down the field, whether it be with his legs or his arms. So, yeah, I, I think Josh is continuing to evolve, and it's been something I, I will admit I've had to adjust to, just accepting that maybe his progression is at a different pace than other quarterbacks have in recent memory around the league that vault themselves into that quote-unquote elite franchise category. But that does not mean he's not taking strides forward, and it doesn't mean he eventually won't get there. And there's nothing wrong with if it takes him maybe an extra year to get there because they're still winning. And that's ultimately where quarterbacks get the boot is when the production and the win totals aren't there, and that forces a team to move on. And as is the case, they're 10-4. and four. That's not the case here with Josh. And when he gets there, the team will then be built up to where it's going to be. I mean, I don't think there's enough talk about the amount of, well, there is locally, 
ninety million in cap space, nine draft picks coming up in twenty twenty. I mean, there's still an ability to substantially upgrade this roster going into next season when you're talking about, you know, Tom Brady and this New England offense that are going into an offseason with plenty of question marks. The only question is how good of a you know, number one receiver, can the Bills go out and get Josh Josh Allen? A.J. Green's going to be potentially be a free agent. I mean, obviously, we'll cover the, all that down the road. But I think one of the things, you know, biggest difference from week four to now is the continuity on the offensive line, all of the new weapons that Josh Allen is going to have at his disposal in this game. He didn't have Devin Singletary, and that may be the most important one because this you saw with Cincinnati, a mediocre run team, did to the New England Patriots last week. You get Devin Singletary, who's now fully healthy in this game. Uh, you saw Tyler Croft break out with a big touchdown catch to win the game last week. What did that do for his confidence? What does that add to this um, this offense that, as good as Dawson Knox has been in spurts, still is a rookie that, you know, uh, I don't know how much faith you're going to have in him in a big game like this. And I'm not saying he's not going to make plays because he could. But I think that that's one of the biggest things going into this, like moving on to previewing this game. That's where I think things start for this offense are the differences from that first game. Well, and we've seen the Bills' offense, albeit not last week, because that's not how they chose to go against that defense. But they have changed their tempo and their style of play almost completely since that first New England game. They went back to more of the traditional multiple power looks against Pittsburgh because that's how they felt was the best way to combat that great defense, and they won the game. So we've seen them now win by going up-tempo, no huddle a lot. They didn't do it at all against Pittsburgh, went back to more so what we saw the first New England game, and they were successful enough to do that. And that was a game you could even sense. And Brian Dable, even with like that questionable call, third and, 50, third and goal from the 15, a draw play, and I was very critical of it. And it was, he's admitted afterwards, it was based on the game. Like that's what they felt they needed to do. Which you and I, fans at home, I think I tweeted out, what an atrocious six, six play calls, you know, leading up to that. And of course, it's, it's in the moment. It's emotional. They're, they are paid not to be that. And they knew going up against that Doug Hodges and the way that he played in the first half, every point was critical. So in hindsight, I retract that evaluation in the moment because he was right. And, and they got the win. Now, if they didn't get the win, I guess I, it might be a little I different. Still I still think if it's third and 15 and you have faith in your quarterback, you should at least take a shot. That's still my opinion, even though it ultimately worked out. But I'm, what I want to say about the New England game is you may see moments like that to where the throwaway, the punt, the field position, the conservative play calling, you may see spurts of that depending upon the ebbs and flows of the game because while in the past you've thought you're going to have to score with New England, I don't particularly think, at least from what I've seen, that's necessarily going to be the case this weekend in Foxborough. I think it may be more of a similar setting and style of game we saw a week ago in Pittsburgh to where you take the points when you can get them and you just avoid mistakes and that's ultimately going to be the difference in the game. I was just looking at the numbers. The last game earlier this year in September, Brady has played in 283 regular season games. It was the sixth worst quarterback rating he's ever had. 
the eighth worst quarterback rating he's ever had was the last time they played him last season. So the past two games that the Bills defense has played Tom Brady, he's had his eighth worst ever and sixth worst ever quarterback rating out of 283 games. And I know McDermott joked when someone asked him earlier in the week, oh, you know, some people seem to think you figured out Brady. He understands he hasn't. I would never say that he's figured Brady out. But the numbers Tom Brady's had in 34 career games against the Bills are nowhere near what he's had against this franchise since Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have been at the helm of the defense. Part of it may be they're catching him slowly on the downtick, but I think they've also are a good enough group that even against the greatest of all time, we've seen Brady be challenged in figuring out the answers to the test from start to finish, and it takes him a lot longer. So I, I think, again, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I don't think you ever shut down Tom Brady, but the Bills' defense under Sean McDermott has come about as close as you can to doing that. And the key is, I mean, you saw, I watched Tom Brady's press conference before we started too, and you saw his, you know, a little smirk when he was asked about Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Uh, uh, most quarterbacks that are set to play the Bills probably aren't nearly as familiar as Tom Brady is with him, and I think that that's what got him to smile a little bit. They do such a good job of disguising their coverages and confusing. And how good are they? How often do you confuse Tom Brady? I mean, he's seen – I mean, Sean McDermott said it, or Sean or Brian said it this week. He's seen pretty much everything on a football field because he's played for so long. But I think that the key to this de- – to, the- to one of the keys of this game is how last week, some- as good as this defense has been this year, and they've been great, they turned the ball over. You can get it go on the road against New England, turn the ball over, give Josh Allen a short field, maybe take some of the pressure off of him in this offense early on. That's when I think that you really set yourself up to pull off a road upset like that because you need something special to happen. Almost like the Patriots were in reverse. It was a special teams play, like you mentioned, but something that kind of um, stunts, you know, the progression of the, the, the natural progression of the game and places some pressure back on on their side of things and even their coaching staff brady's three touchdowns to five interceptions in those five games since mcdermott and leslie frazier have been here i think he's gone three games without even throwing a touchdown but he's thrown interceptions if not in all five four of the five games including the last one earlier this year which you talk about disguising and confusing tom brady that's exactly what micah hyde did in that interception in the end zone to stop one of their drives yeah I I agree with you the Bills defense as great as they were early in the season they weren't getting to the quarterback and they weren't producing turnovers since they've done a great job with the emergence of Shaq Lawson Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips at getting to the quarterback and then last week they really produced turnovers and their magic number Tredavious White said at the beginning of the year is two And I think if they can get two turnovers and Josh and the offense can have none or maybe one, I think if whoever wins the turnover battle likely will win the game. So just a little housekeeping here. This, if the bills win this game in new England, it will be the first time in, in the Tom Brady era that the bills have will win in Foxborough in a game that Tom Brady started and finished because he he got pulled for Jimmy Garoppolo when the game didn't matter, and then he 
and then he didn't play in the Jacoby Brissett game. Exactly. But 15-0 and 0 lifetime Tom Brady. Uh, and, and this is a game where if it has the complexion like it could in a game where there, I'll tell you right now, I mean, there is a sense of confidence in this locker room. And, you know, part of it is the 10 wins, but part of it is the way they've gotten there. And it starts with Dallas. It starts with um, Tennessee, who has been one of the hotter teams in the league the last. The Bills went on the road, and, yes, it was Marcus Mariota, but they still have that defense, and they still played pretty the, – the kind of blueprint to a game that they're going to need in a, in a game like this. And then last week against Pittsburgh, that offense was really bad, but that defense was really good. And I think that if they can replicate some of those things, we'll see how it – plays out but prediction time i think it's going to be a low scoring game and i've heard people use this phrase and and i'm going to piggyback on it until they do it i can't confidently say they're going to so i think it's going to be something 17 14 new england's going to take it even though they've had a heck of a time with kickers. So maybe maybe getting that, that three-point win could be challenging. But again, I think it comes down to turnovers. I think it's, it's going to be a grind-em-out kind of game. And I think, as only the Patriots and Tom Brady do in December, especially at home, I think they find a way to do it. And this game is looked at more as another measuring stick of how close things are between these two teams and how close the Bills are in totality to joining that next group at the top of the conference as a Super Bowl contender, but I don't think that they are there yet offensively. And again, that's not saying Josh is a detriment. I just think as a whole offensively, they are not there enough to challenge what likely is the best defense in the NFL enough to get the win. So I picked, I have to, I'm, we're on so many radio shows and this and that, we're, we're asked to pick every day, and I picked New England yesterday. But I think after really thinking about where all this sits heading into this game and what I think the Bills are going to do, I think it's going to be a run-heavy approach, very similar to, I believe it was the Denver game where they went for 40 carries. I think it's going to be between Devin Singletary and Frank, Frank Gore. I think they're going to really try to pound the ball and that's where I think this offensive line is at its best. And I think when they do that, as you saw in the Denver game, it gives them confidence in the passing game, allows Josh Allen to make enough plays to be successful. And I think that this defense, listen, I know it's Tom Brady and you never want to write him off, but I think this defense is going to do enough to, to get the job done. And I think they'll score. It'll be the first to 20 again, just like it was last week. And I think it'll be 21-17 Bills. Uh, I, I might change my mind before the preview. It's funny. I was on the money last week with the with the Steelers prediction. I changed that pick every day of the week. Different team, different score, all the way up. But that's what this that's that's kind of what this team now represents. It's such a new um, world that we're living in with a competitive Bills team and a team that you know. I don't want to say its identity is changing from week to week, but the the um, what it's capable of, I feel like those expectations change week by week. It is uncharted territory for this franchise to be even talking playoffs entering week 16 of the regular season to already have their pun- their ticket punched and now realistically discussing the division. 
that that is really new territory for this team, this franchise, and I agree with you when it comes to the confidence. They not only believe they can win, they believe that they're one of the best, and they believe that this is just the beginning of their time to maybe join the echelon of New England, not for a year, but for a very extended period of time. All right, he is John Scott. I am Matt Perino. Thank you so much for listening. You can find him at John Scott TV on Twitter. Is that correct? Correct. And I'm at Matt Perino uh, for all your Bills content. Check him out over on Spectrum and as always, nyupsyracuse.com.